Asking questions, episode number four. And I'm Sid. I'm Julia. And today we're going to discuss a little bit of a conspiracy theory called the Hollow Earth, if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, so um we're discussing a conspiracy theory. It does not mean that we are the conspiracy theorists. I'm sorry if we keep pausing my cat we're at the opposite house today and where the there's more cats other black cat is <laughs> really being a a black cat is what he's being yeah they have their personalities oh, licking something but um we're not pushing this agenda we're just no. merely talking about it one to learn more yeah. and it's interesting and maybe you yeah we're like trying to find the evidence that people have for the argument of mm-hmm. the hollow earth theory um so then at the end, you can decide if you believe it or not. Yeah. And what we're covering here today is we're literally just <laughs> scratching the surface. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you have to dig very, very deep. Very <laughs> deep. Um, to get anything on this. Because there's just like hundreds so of miles. much. <laughs> hundreds of miles. Um, also, my head hurt after all of this. So. Yeah. I had the brain scramblies. It was too much effort for an unprofessional. (laughs) This is the, oh, yeah, a lot of effort. I almost called it quiz. When you almost gave me an out, being like, should we go back? I was like, I'm already like 20 pages deep. And the reason I said that is I hadn't started yet. And that's why I was like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, if we don't do it now, I'm never doing it. This is a higher level of episode. Yeah, maybe we'll revisit. Maybe we'll bring a bunch of people in. It's still fun. It's still fun to cover. So we're just, you know, again, scratching the surface. Who knows? Maybe we'll make our way back around the world to this one. I don't know. Or in the world. Or in the world. Maybe the next time you hear us talking about this, um, a massive cataclysm occurs and we somehow escaped and made it. Yeah, who knows? Anything can happen. Anything. You know what I feel like? I am like who I am who talking are you? about this. I yeah. don't know who I am. <laughs> What's your name again? Um, I think was it the movie 2012 when <sighs> the world was ending yeah. and there was like the guy in the van outside of like Yellowstone National Park and he was like on his like podcast like radio station warning everybody about the end oh, of the world. See, and it's stuff. been a long time He's since I've seen that. I don't really remember like, that. I'm like doing my research. Like this is me. <laughs> So part of my research leading up to this was watching Journey to the Center of the Earth with Brendan Fraser. Oh my gosh, I need to do research like you. It didn't help much. It was just fun. Mine's reading. I had really bad reviews. did I just read? Yeah. bad reviews. It did. I forced Wyatt to watch it with me. He didn't want to watch it. So it was your favorite part of it. My favorite part of it? You said that it was your favorite? Uh, No. 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 Okay. My favorite part of it was Brendan (laughs) Fraser because I love him. Okay. But it was it was a good movie. I did not watch the second one. And the first one, I think I even had to rent for like four dollars. And 
I forgot that this was, what was this, 2008? You guys, please start donating. We're going to set up a page so that we're not <laughs> using our own money to do research. That was a flag if yeah. I ever heard one. Well, I mean, I was like, it's a movie and I wanted to watch it anyway. Yeah, but, but we're st- we still, come on, send us money. Yeah, please. We pull. So we can make it to the Hollow Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's talk. Let's All talk right, about it. Let's talk conspiracies in general because things have been happening Oh, lately yeah. around here. So first we have fucking drones. Like peeping Tom version. <laughs> drones. Yeah. Please tell me more about this. I had Someone. to warn my Wyatt. Because yeah. I was like, your drone's going to get shot down, bro. Mm-hmm. But you go on with yours. So like around the area that we live in, I'm not going to like out that because, you know. And apparently like somebody is flying drones at night. At like 2 a.m. it said, I think, right? Yeah, well, like, I think it made a pass through some towns. So it was like anywhere from like 8 p.m. to like, yeah, 2 a.m., I think. Oh. And which is already still dark by 8 p.m. here. So still, you're not going to see it. Um, except like there's flashing lights on them, I think, right? Yeah, there's like the blinking lights. And it depends on what type of drone, mm-hmm. but like, why it's is pretty loud not right. really loud but like i mean can hear i something. can hear it mm-hmm. in the house maybe like with a window open or something but you hear the propellers and everything yeah. it kind but, of sounds like not really a weed whacker but like in that you know like that yeah rotation and i think some people had heard it and seen it and they're the ones that reported to our facebook town facebook page and yeah, someone has been just flying them around around people's houses up at their windows at night, like hovering outside the windows. And now there's like Creeping. a neighborhood like watch group for it. Well, quote unquote, like I don't know <laughs> what they're doing. They're just kind of I think they're looking for something to shoot. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but be careful if you do have a drone and you're just using it for good old fun and not being a creep, you might get it shot down because people are gun happy See, like, with the peeping tom thing i'm really curious because a lot of times you have to put in and maybe i only know certain types of drone like I laws and regulations drones. but you don't know them personally <laughs> i don't i can't name any <laughs> well the one i know is steve <laughs> did you name it no <laughs> You have to now. I have to say it's now Steve. <laughs> Why? It's gonna be like, what the fuck? Oh, like, can we be Steve? Steve. So, Hi, Steve. Hey. Um, <laughs> I named it after you. You're a flying drone in my eyes. He has a drone also. <laughs> He's gonna name but, it Wyatt. <laughs> you normally have to put like your flight plan in. Yeah. So with that, That's I wonder if they, they can thought... look up the flight plans to see who it is. I don't know. I don't know. He never does this. I don't understand. <laughs> if he knocks down all my liquor, that would be terrible. If you hear a crash, my we're cat. drunk. <laughs> yeah, my cat is getting balls. into some tequila. And but uh, not, I bet you one of his balls are back there. But anyways. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, these this has been weird and freaky. I haven't heard anything about it since, but I still haven't gotten curtains. Not gonna lie. But curtains. honestly, the only thing they're going to see is bundling call back to last episode listen to it <laughs> i was so thrown by you saying that oh, all they're gonna see is bundling with a board in the middle too a board running right to the middle <laughs> and a curtain <laughs> what other things did we want to talk about oh oh all right so something else besides the drones i don't know where we just left off because we paused <laughs> yeah we were doing that. but uh 
something, another little conspiracy that's going on in our area following the Nashville shooting at the school, which many of you, oh, everyone has heard of. Right. Um, which, what are we up to now in school shootings in the U.S. this year? We're in the hundreds, aren't we? The hundreds, but I don't know exactly. It's insane and sad. But anyway, we had our own little scare in our nearby area with some local schools. And was it the schools directly or the police being called about it? Like that this was... So the schools were getting calls that there was... <sighs> the police were getting calls that there was an active shooter at the schools. Mm-hmm. And then they responded because obviously like they're not going to take that right. lightly. And how many schools was that again? Was that so four? just in our area, mm-hmm. in our county... Or it wasn't just we don't our, have to name them all. No, but. it wasn't just our county. So there was one in our county. Mm-hmm. Then the outside counties, there were three. Mm-hmm. And then in like the Pittsburgh area, there mm-hmm. were a handful. All at the same time, this happened. They yes. all got the same calls. So all the state and local police and first responders mm-hmm. like went to all these schools, which pretty much wiped out all of the. Law enforcement on deck first, like situation. I don't know if you've seen the videos of like the local school that this happened to no, in I our don't. area. I've never seen so many cops ever, oh. and they also like all of them with like you know assault rifles and stuff mm-hmm. too. Which I, I just can't imagine being in school and this happening. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that people have reassurance that like you know people They're are gonna going be to be there within like a few minutes, right? And um, now they know what to do because they didn't know that this wasn't was just like a threat they didn't know it was there wasn't an actual shooter there everybody thought it was and it was the same instance for every single school Mm -hmm. so it's just it's sickening one why why because we didn't say so these calls were were fake they were all like computer generated yeah robot yeah which Whenever they received the call, like, did it sound like a computer-generated voice? Did it sound like a normal... I don't know. So, I did find, when I went into, like, my research with this, this happened, this has happened multiple times before. Mm -hmm. And some of the nine... (laughs) I'm not laughing at what's happening. I'm sorry. My animals are just not fit to be around podcast settings. (laughs) But um, this has happened before, and I they released those nine one one calls mm-hmm. of the like computer generated, and it it didn't sound like a robo right. like thing. It sounded they used normally like mm-hmm. a foreigner's voice and accent mm-hmm. and things like that. But this whole thing happened in Rhode Island on Monday. Really? So this happened in our area in Pennsylvania, all across Pennsylvania Wednesday. Mm -hmm. It happened on Rhode Island on Monday, which was when the Nashville shooting was. Mm -hmm. And then it also happened on Wednesday at, um, in Massachusetts and New Jersey. Wow. And just what is the point? Who has the time to put something like this together? Leave the kids alone. Like, is there another agenda? What are you trying to prove? What do you... I don't know. At first, what I was thinking, I was like, so all of them are connected to, like, the main interstate. Like, mm-hmm. not connected, but they're very, like, close to exits and entrances right. of one of the highways. So when before I learned about, like, Pittsburgh and um, 
Massachusetts and oh New God, Jersey and stuff. Area. I was like, wonder if someone was trying to make a distraction mm-hmm. to, you know, transport something on yeah. on the road system well, and what perfect, perfect timing to mm-hmm. do that when the country is already, you know, in high alert, high alert and dealing with mm-hmm. the tragedy and devastation and of what happened on Monday. The other places and then you're like, well, that makes even less sense. Mm-hmm. So what's the connection there? It's just very strange. Yeah. So if anyone has ideas, let us know. So that's what's been going on here. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot going on in the state of PA. Yeah, but let's talk about let's talk our... about a bigger conspiracy right now. Yeah, one that goes back a lot longer than honestly I probably thought it was. Like I didn't realize how old it was. I never really thought about it. I. Yeah. No, every time that I listen or do, I've listened to podcasts about this before mm-hmm. and it's always mind blowing to me. Yeah. There's always some type of new information and I'm just like, what the heck? But it, it does, it goes back to ancient mm-hmm. like civilizations, not the same theory. Right. But we'll it shows up that. in so many different religions. Before we keep going on, yeah. let's tell them what the fuck the hollow earth theory is oh. because a lot of people especially like i can't i bet you some of our listeners that i know that might be family members probably didn't <laughs> hear about this because no, one agree. they don't have access to like mm-hmm. like they don't yeah you like you might have you might not know the term but i'm sure you've seen it in some pop culture like i mentioned yeah. journey to the center of the earth was a huge it was a book turned mm-hmm. into a movie um and there's other i know like i saw it pop up in doctor who for an episode and i know i could bring doctor who into anything honestly i have like three shows that i could reference oh, anything flashback to what was that or first episode. episode yeah so um also the monster verse so if you've seen like godzilla versus kong okay maybe you should stop watching movies and tv listen <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> I like it. But the hollow earth theory is a pseudoscientific belief Mm -hmm. that the earth is not a solid, dense sphere, but rather a hollow shell with openings at the pools or other locations, which we will get into. Mm -hmm. I think the pools are what you hear the most about until you dig deeper. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa, where are all these other places? Right. Um, And, you know, according to this theory, the interior interior of the earth is home to a hidden world inhabited by advanced civilizations um ancient giants Mm -hmm. and even maybe actually they said extraterrestrial but it would be ultra terrestrial beings Mm -hmm. um and this is also known as the inner earth theory yes did you find anything else out about like what standard wise the theory is no i think that was mostly what i was seeing as well Mm -hmm. um and it seemed pretty interchangeable with inner earth, hollow earth. Yeah. And I saw a lot of, like, some of the same, I don't know, foundation to some of it. But then the little details are changed. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too. There's, like, so many variations of mm-hmm. of this theory. The most popular does suggest that the interior is, like, divided into several layers with its own, like, atmosphere and ecosystems. Right. Which is crazy mm-hmm. um 
but and it just makes you wonder are we also already in that <laughs> i literally was gonna bring that up so like like i said this has atmospheres and ecosystems but they also have something called like the central sun in there mm-hmm. which is like the mi- a miniature version of our sun mm-hmm. and that's like how they get their heat and light but like what if it's just like you know like those russian dolls oh yeah it's just like they're inside of us we're Mm -hmm. inside something greater than that and like over and over and over again like space might just be like that inner mix of i don't we don't know what until you get to the the crust of the next thing Mm -hmm. which we'll get into like how many miles earth is too and and it it's just crazy thing about worlds inside of worlds and it makes you question everything and when you think about when religions talk about like different planes well i don't know about religions but when spiritualists talk about different planes Mm -hmm. you know moving up or down or just like the spiritual realm of being on a different plane Mm -hmm. different dimensions is that actually they're talking about all of these different worlds inside worlds inside worlds and inside world <laughs> and then i'm like so what about so how do you get to these other ones if you can't actually travel to it physically is it just do you start in the very core and then as you die you go to the next one and the next one and the next one or well, the opposite direction that's interesting yeah i didn't mean to interrupt you no i didn't think so, of that yeah i had that thought and i'm like that's so that's ugh, weird to think about it's fun to ponder so my argument against like we're also living in an inner earth is when we get into the entrances like the pools and stuff like Mm -hmm. that like they can escape and like come out to ours but like how do we get out to our surface earth people right now really like what the fuck are you guys talking about because they didn't spend a whole week (laughs) (laughs) unless we're like the last Unless we are that last outer casing. Like we are. And we're just keep trying to get inside. No one wants to come out here other than to check on us to make sure we're not blowing things up. That's true. But uh, So like we said, this is not like a new theory. mm -mm. It's been around for centuries. Um, Going back to like ancient cultures like the Greeks, the Vikings, Mm -hmm. the Mayans, the Egyptians, Mm -hmm. um, Buddhists uh we could keep going yeah it's in like, and they all have their own versions but yeah. they're all very similar which mm-hmm. i was gonna like touch on like a few of yeah. their mythologies with it but it's really weird even like religions when you think about it mm-hmm. too there's this like theory of the underworld yeah i mean you have christianity you have hell mm-hmm. um you have the underworld and that's Greek, right? Greek mythology. Yes. The underworld. Mm-hmm. And Judaism, you have Shoal. I think that's similar to Shoal, the underworld. Anyway. Hinduism, Fatala. Yes. And yeah, Buddhism. 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 It's called a rucus. It's a rucus up in here, you guys. Uh, a little turd. Buddhism. Yeah, you fucking turds. Um, just kidding. We love you. Um, it did so it's been around for centuries, but it gained more popularity in the 19th century though. Yeah. Um, and that's just from like expeditions to mm-hmm. the pools, which I think we'll get I'll, I'll I gotta stop saying that. we gotta get into it. But <laughs> um there is lack of scientific evidence mm-hmm. that supports this, but people still believe today that um 
there could be a whole earth. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's fun to ponder and I would like to believe in that because I think it'd just be very interesting to have. Yeah. It gives you like a different, like we always, not we, like the general public, but a lot of people, even when you talk about gods and things like that, no matter what religion you're in or like us with spirituality, mm-hmm. you more so think of it beyond like looking up like they're somehow like what if they're actually below us like the creators the roller whatever is in and turn everything upside down or inside out (laughs) (laughs) um and then the fact of so we'll get into this too but like aliens yeah are they actually coming from outer space or like are the ufos coming from outer space or inner space yeah yeah I don't know. Because, I don't know. I mean, I know when we, we looked into aliens a little bit, when we were first, you know, doing some research on, I don't know, whatever we were doing. Yeah, I don't know what we were I don't doing. Remember. But, and we were looking into the different encounters and, like, the ones that go in, in and out of the water. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that, too. I'm like, is that where they're Especially going to and coming yeah. from? Right. Okay, so I guess we should just keep it moving as we keep saying. Yeah. We'll get into it. So there's, like, a little, like context of what all we'll get into Mm -hmm. each part goes deep and we cannot go as deep as (laughs) the core of the earth we we are just no pun intended like Mm -hmm. touching the surface Mm -hmm. um okay so i'm gonna talk about the greek and viking theories just real quick uh so the ancient greeks had mythological belief in an underworld like Mm -hmm. we just said which was often depicted as a dark subterranean realm where the dead resided. Hades. Yep. So this underworld was ruled by Hades, Hades. the god of the dead, and (laughs) was accessible through various entrances such as caves Mm -hmm. and deep chasms. So chasms? I don't know. I did just like read what I wrote, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um... It is important to note that the ancient Greeks, like, did not have a specific theory mm-hmm. on the hollow earth. Like, as we know it today, they just believed in their subterranean realm. Um, but they didn't think, like, it was actually, like, a hollow space. It was just the concept of an underworld separate from the realm. Beneath and not a great surface. place. Yes. And you see that a lot in, I think, most religions where it's like, oh, it's beneath us. It's hell. Yeah. It's- the underworld it's where but some, some stories don't. say it's beautiful mm-hmm. all right so the vikings they had a rich mythology that included the concept of nine worlds which i think is interesting because a lot of times especially through this research i saw like seven come up a lot mm-hmm. just like for theories layers um it's like connection with death and in certain civilizations and religions and things like that so nine i just thought it was like interesting numbers are cool yes um so of those nine worlds they were connected by a giant ash tree called gigdrasil it's y-g-g-d-r-a-s-i-l i've seen that yigdrasil i think that's close um one of these worlds was called Nilfheim, which I might have said that wrong too, but I'm just N I F L H E I M, Nilfheim. Okay. Um, that was said to be a cold, misty realm located beneath the roots of Yggdrasil. It was the home of Hel, H E L. 
the goddess of death and was inhabited by the souls of the dead who had not died in battle. Um, it was like, and then there was another world, which was Muspelheim, and that was a fiery realm located in the south of Niflheim, and was the home of the fire giants. So as we go through the Hollow Earth theory, mm-hmm. you will hear giants come up yes. like a lot. They've been like the number People one are creature there. Yeah, I don't know. Giants are scary to me, but well, I'm, I'm a giant born. too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and again, the myths don't describe the hollow earth theory specifically. Um, they just suggest that they believed in a subterranean realm Mm -hmm. as well. So why I'm like saying these, and we're also going to get into like the other ones. I don't really talk about these again. I think it's just like important to note that even from very ancient times, there Mm -hmm. was a belief that there was something, whether it be followed by death or not, Mm -hmm. there was something underneath. Right. There was another realm. So do you want, how about we get into a little bit not so ancient times to some of the hollow earth pioneers of our history? Okay. And who first? Like the 19th century, like in the 19th? Or well, you start? starting like the 17th century. Okay. So yeah, still a little bit far back there. Because I didn't really get into mm-hmm. those. So possibly the very first to investigate the possibility of, I said possible in that twice, but Likely the first to investigate the possibility of this theory from a scientific perspective was a German polymath named Athanasius Athanasius Kircher. I don't know. Uh, Kircher? Let's click Kircher. Kircher. K-I-R-C-H-E-R. Kircher. What did I say the first time? I think you said Kircher. Oh, okay. I was just bringing up the comedian. No, I know. Okay. But then I'm like, oh, it wasn't funny. (laughs) Um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, so anyway he was likely the first to investigate this theory um this german polymath and he was known to be the master of a hundred arts so he did i mean that's what a polymath is though they have like they know a lot about a lot of things <laughs> it's all over the place so they just kind of sum it up by like oh they're a polymath okay they know a shit ton about it a shit ton. polygraph yeah no. So they're liars. <laughs> <laughs> it had math in it, so I was like, nah. But it's about all different things, not just math. So, um, He was known to be one of the greatest thinkers of his age. And in 1638, he explored the crater of Mount Vesuvius. And he came up with this theory that all mountains, rivers, and oceans of the planet are connected underground by a giant network of caverns filled with water and fire. This was in the 17th century? Yeah, so which is was in wild because... Mid to late 1600s. When we go further into some of our conversation... Mm-hmm. That back. comes back. Yeah, it comes back. Mm-hmm. So even all the way back then... I didn't know that. He explored a crater and came up with the theory that there's these connected caverns underground filled with water. That is wild. And fire. Just the fire's part. It's like, geez. Well, probably just from the... Like, there probably are parts, It's from all the, like, chemical reactions and and everything, but... Yeah. Okay. And next on our list, we have Edmund Halley, which you may know as Halley's Comet. Halley's Comet, I'm sorry. I said Halley, didn't I? It's Halley. It has two L's. My head wants to go. So at first... (laughs) When I first read about Edmund Haley, mm-hmm. I was, like, saying Haley, and then when I put together, like, Haley's Comet, yeah. I was like, 
Did I even know that Haley's Comet was spelled that way this whole time? I mean, I guess I never looked at the word Haley's Comet. I yeah, don't I've know. just always known Haley's Comet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Haley's Comet. Is... Do we know it's for sure even said that way and it's not Hallie? I mean, over time. It... No, it definitely. No, it's Haley's Well, it's spelled Hallie. Everybody says just Haley. Saying. Yeah, I know they do. Anyway, he was the English astronomer who discovered Haley's Comet. Uh, he was the second ever royal astronomer in Britain. He was a fellow of Royal Society. He was good friends with Sir Isaac Newton also. So, like, mm-hmm. he ran with a smart crowd, <laughs> you know? Um, he was best References, known... check out. <laughs> <laughs> He's best known for being the first person to realize that comets orbit the... Orbit. 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 They orbit the sun in a predictable way, just like the Earth does. It reminds me of the orbit commercials. The Do you remember those? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they still have those. Um, <laughs> he threw me off. Perfect. So, yeah, whatever. Okay, I'm done. He was the first person to realize that comets orbit the sun, and which was just, like, part of what he did, like, for the scientific community. Mm-hmm. Like, he did a lot of shit. Um, he was a genius who firmly believed in the Earth, that the Earth was hollow, though, which is all these smart people thinking it's hollow. I'm like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was interesting, like, how many um, very well-known... Mm-hmm. and like, science wasn't what it was. No. And I was going to get... I was going to touch on that a little mm-hmm. bit after you're done. Yeah. Because they can only work with so much. Right. And I mean... You only know so much. Yeah. Like, you're making... So... In that sense, you're starting to make... Like, to get to somewhere, you're making up mm-hmm. equations. Like, yeah. what if they're wrong? Exactly. Um, but according to his theory, the crust of the earth is a shell approximately 500 miles thick, which that's not like wrong, really. Yeah. Actually, my next bit is going over how much each part of the Mm. earth is supposedly. But inside the shell, he believes there are two smaller shells surrounding a solid core. Mm -hmm. Picture Russian dolls. Mm -hmm. Which this isn't really wrong either. Mm -mm. And you have your layers and you have your core. Mm -hmm. Solid core. Um, but he believed these shells were surrounded by a breathable atmosphere and were likely inhabited. So this is where he kind of veers off from what we believe today or what scientists believe today. Um, he thought that the Northern Lights were caused by gas escaping from inside the Earth and interacting with Earth's, Earth's magnetic field. Um, Isn't that crazy to think about? Mm-hmm. And NASA, like, imagery and stuff? Like, because you can't – they don't let you fly over the poles. Like, it's mm-hmm. very heavily, like, guarded and stuff. But there's very little, like, imagery right over the pool. But with it, with the Northern Lights, there's this dark spot that looks like it's where the lights are emitting from. Mm. And so some people theorize that that's the hole. That's the hole. Mm-hmm. And there's only, like, a few photos that will pop up that, like, have that, that they will show and release. Yeah. I I see a lot that they, they claim that, like, imagery services like Google Earth mm-hmm. just digitally takes everything out. Mm-hmm. That looks like it could be a hole to center. Mm-hmm. It's all just a conspiracy. Yeah. Like you can't so. go anywhere near the, the, mm-hmm. the places. You can't fly over it. Nothing. Which, yeah, it is weird to think about. But there could be other things there that yeah. are protecting. Yeah, absolutely. But it just falls really nice and neat into this whole theory. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is fun. Um, but looking back at um, Haley... They kind of Alex just very they it seemed like he was just like solving a problem that he came across in another area of his work, mm-hmm. which is magnetism. And so he kind of used his theory as a way to explain 
why things are the way that they are. Okay. Um, it was his like attempt to make sense of like his experimental results that he didn't like necessarily understand. And so he just like when he's trying to track study and like map our magnetic fields, he came up with this hypothesis that was this that the earth was hollow. And that's kind of just how it explained all the results of his experiments, which that makes sense, but also the same time with like a magnet. You need like a negative and a mm-hmm. positive end, right? Mm-hmm. And it has to be connected. So wouldn't it that magnetic pull, like there has to be something going the whole way through. Right? I don't know. I don't know either. Because wonder what his experiments were. Yeah, I didn't like, actually look maybe into like what making like he was a simulation doing. similar to like the components of Earth mm-hmm. the magnetic fields and it only worked if it was like hollow on the inside. Could be. That makes sense. But he didn't also have like all the different chemicals or all the different minerals, I'm sorry. Right. That are inside the earth that react in different ways. Right. So he just, he's working with what he had. It's still interesting. <laughs> it like, is. So many. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like he expected that the magnetic field would be like constant and unmoving. Okay. And he took thousands of compass readings all over the Atlantic and so that was part of like part of his experiments. I know he did other ones, but he said that if the magnetic field was fluctuating, he reasoned that something must be interfering with it. So if it wasn't staying constant, mm-hmm. something's going on here. Something's making it move like this. And um, but like the core makes the magnetic field move anyway. Yeah, this is making my brain hurt. It's a lot. Just keep reading yourself. I'm going to keep nodding. (laughs) Um, But he, like, thought that what was interfering with it would have been, like, competing magnetic fields from large objects inside the Earth. So. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Do you think that Cassie's snoring is getting picked up on this? I don't know. (laughs) If you hear a constant sound, like heavy breathing, it's my cute little puppy. (laughs) All right, next on our list, I have Leonard Euler. Euler, have you heard of? Yes. Did you see his name? I did see his name. So this is 18th century. And I love the people to you. Thank you. Um, I'm a people person. You know me. <laughs> I fucking hate people. I know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're in the 18th century now. So this dude's a mathematician. Um, he had his own theory on the whole earth. He said there was no concentric shells. So, like, not kind of what our first theorist put out there. So there's not like the layers of mm-hmm. the shells. Not there's no Russian dolls on this. Right. Okay. It's just the crust and then it's open. I, I suppose. Okay. From what I got gathered. Uh, but he did believe that there was a sun at the center spanning 600 miles and the poles are actually thinned and that those are the entrances to the inner core, which is what a lot still believe is that it's the poles. It's thinner. And that's how you get into the inner earth. <laughs> and then we have, you probably saw this name come across too, John Sims Jr., also the 18th century, 18th into the 19th. Um, so I don't know. I want you to pull up like mine just to see his picture. So it's just like a sketch because this is obviously like 17, the 1800s. Um, keep going. Oh, right there. Go down. The black and white one. So that picture that sketching there. John Cleves. So Why would you leave his middle name out? He's yeah. a junior. 
Did oh, I thought you just said Johnson. Oh, when I said it, yeah. So John Cleves Sims. Jr. I like Cleves. Oh, Cleves Cleves. Cleves. So wait, take why a is look at his eye. eye yeah. Look at his eyelashes. Look how generous they were. That's his eyelashes. Oh my goodness. He has freaking like volume eyelash extensions, dude. (laughs) It's insane. I loved it. Anyway, he was an American military officer born in the late 18th century. And he spread his hollow earth theory to anyone who would listen to him. So this is kind of where it really like, I would think kind of took off because people kept passing it around. But he was convinced or he convinced the government to fund an expedition for him to find the entrances to the underworld that he believed were located also at the North and South Poles. And there was a senator, like, in March of 1822, he presented the case for Sims to be supplied with the equipment for an expedition, but the motion failed. And then he just, like, died <laughs> in 1821. 29. So, like, he didn't do anything. Rest in peace, Cleves. I'm yeah. sorry I'm laughing. Um, so he, he, he did, like, up until his death, though, he still believed in all of this. And he did write... So this is a quote from him. He says, I declare the earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spheres, one within the other, and that is open at the poles 12 or 16 degrees. Well, did he die or did he go inside? Well, I think he died. I don't think he ever got to get in there, but... No, no. And then I also have Olaf Janssen. Have you seen that name? Because that's no. a popular story. But... I haven't, but it's funny that it's a Norwegian because I am finding mm-hmm. another. Norwegian. So this, um, we'll bring him back a little bit later, probably. But he is a Norwegian sailor. There's this story that he went he went fishing with his dad in 1829, and um, basically he finds the entrance to the inner earth. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that will come back around in a little more detail about mm-hmm. what happened there. I think he did come back without his dad. I think his dad died. I think they got stranded on an iceberg when they came back. His dad died, and I think they made it put Olaf in an institution for a little while. Well, I mean. When you come back saying those things. Yeah, especially what year, 1829. Yeah. So, anyway. Are you going your next one now, or do you want to wait on that one? We can wait on this one. Okay. Um, this gonna, is a big name. Yeah, it is. And we have more on that to cover. But So we'll skip over to Rodney Clough. This is way more modern. So this is in the 1980s, I think. He was an author of World Top Secret, Our Earth is Hollow. I don't know him either. In 1981, he, um, he, well, he claimed to have found... Like he he believed in the hollow earth based on like scriptures, history, and science. And in 1981, he moved his wife and his five children to Alaska. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, if your your dad was just like, "Hey, I'm pretty sure the earth is hollow. We're gonna go to Alaska and figure it out." It's gonna be my as a family. <laughs> <laughs> Why Alaska? You're not actually like Alaska isn't by the pool. I mean, you're closer, well, but you're not like walking distance so like i don't know so he wasn't the only person to move to alaska with this same idea and he found like another through all my research alaska was not one of the yeah just maybe just this dude that was like okay go to alaska all right cloth but theory's a little rough he 
found another small group of believers who embarked on a mission to find the entrance to the center of the earth. And they began on a road to Point Barrow, which is near the northernmost part of the U.S. at that little tip of like Alaska. Um, They began on this road, but then they came across this sign that just was like, this is a private road. Don't go any further. So they didn't. (laughs) If you went that fucking far, I'm so sorry. If I went that far, I moved my family to Alaska to find something. And then this is a private road. Don't like, I'd be like, they don't want us going back there. The entrance is back there. Like I would go to at least debunk it. They kind of thought it was military and they're like, they're going to shoot us if we go any further. What's the point of moving? You don't think you're going to come across that? You're going to have danger. Like if you're going to something that's like so covered, Mm -hmm. you know, even like the government still doesn't want people believing this, even if it is a lie or not. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it doesn't want to they're go- you're going to face like military and government yeah. things if you're gonna you gotta like- be prepared for this right <laughs> so I don't know I don't know really why they're just like nah I'm good but in 2003 he tried again when he received an email from a Steve Curry who wanted to use his travel firm to plan a new trip with him with Clough um, so this was set to take place from June to July in 2007 and the plan was to charter a Russian icebreaker ship and travel to the North Pole okay. this time they were in the North Pole Okay, I'm glad. There they would find the entrance and they would take a, they believe they would take a monorail trip to the city of Eden. Because we'll get into that. Some believe it's the Garden of Eden. I've never heard that. I I didn't hear the Eden part. Oh, really? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. I've heard comparisons, but I didn't hear them like name it. Yeah, I've seen it named a lot. Oh. Um, But they believe they'd take a monorail trip to the center of Eden or to the city of Eden and they'd visit the palace of the king of the inner world. This is what they thought or this is what they said happened? No, this is what they, their, their plans, their activities that they would okay. have while they, whenever they reached the I destination. Um, but the trip was halted when Curry discovered that he had six inoperable brain tumors and then he died shortly before the trip was to take place. Yeah. So it took a turn. It's six. Six inoperable brain tumors. <gasps> Wonder if it was like the inner gods being like, do not fucking come well, down. We do not want your stupidity. Well, after Curry's death, a Dr. Brooks Agnew would be assigned as leader of the expedition, but then resigned in 2013 when he claimed that a major stockholder in his company pulled their funding. So there's another thing halting them. And then later there was another member that died in a plane crash. And then this kind of, they were like, I think the universe is against us finding the inner earth. Wait, wait, wait. I thought he, he had six inoperable brain tumors. So how did he that live was through the dude all that email crash? him. Oh. Mm-hmm. So like he just had someone reach out to him and be like, hey, like I'll take you on and this trip with my people. travel firm. And then oh, all of a sudden, it's weird. Um, and then yeah there is one more but we'll bring him back in in a little bit he has a a, quite a story to tell (laughs) so before we get into the actual like civilization yes of the inner should we talk about the earth yes like what it's made of yes okay cool so back to earth is like an onion With layers. With layers. Like Shrek. A nice little onion. Oh my gosh, it's funny you bring up Shrek because we're going to talk about like Shrek's kids here in a little bit. What? Not yeah. really, but you'll get okay. it. Okay. So, within those layers, we have the crust, which is what we are on, the surface. Mm-hmm. The crust itself is 
It's thin in it's comparison like, to the rest of the earth. It mm-hmm. is 25 miles thick. I've seen the comparison that it's like the shell of a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. I just I don't really agree thin with the comparison because I can't. Yeah. I don't think it's a <laughs> On a large reference. scale. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with Underneath the crust is then the mantle. Mm-hmm. And the mantle itself is 800 miles deep. Or thick. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Beyond the mantle, then, is, like, the center of the Earth, which is the core. Mm-hmm. And that's where they think hot, dense metal is made up, like, hot, dense metal that's made up of mainly iron and nickel is mm-hmm. just, like, all in the center. That's all we think really it is. So the distance from the surface, the, the crust, to the core is over 4,000 miles. Yes. So just want to put that into context. Mm-hmm. Um, the crust is a very, very, very tiny percentage of what the Earth is made up of. Yeah. So that being said, have we really tried to see what was under there? That was my that was my question. Because when you look have. at yeah, when you look at like the size, the thickness of the mantle. Mm-hmm. No one's ever gone through the mantle. No, we've. Okay, the crust is 25 miles mm-hmm. thick. Just keep that number in mind. So we have tried to dig through and into the core. Mm-hmm. And that, it, they use something called a borehole, <laughs> which um, it's really a big, massive drill yeah. in a sense. So the deepest borehole that was ever drilled was the Kula Sur- Super Deep. <laughs> Core hole. Yes, that is the name. Kula. It might be Kula might be pronounced differently because it's like in Russia, but it's K O L A. Super deep borehole. Super deep. But I think it would say be Kula because super deep is English. So, anyways. Yeah. So the Kula Kula super deep borehole was the result of a scientific drilling project of the Soviet Union in. Pechtensky district near the Russian border with Norway on the Kola Peninsula. Mm-hmm. The objective of the project was to drill as deep as possible into Earth. Yeah, that makes sense to be there, you know. Yeah, their objective super deep. Go as deep as you can. Super deep. Is this a condom ad? <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> I was trying to like quickly make a like some type of reference for like borehole, borehole and condoms. Were you? Yeah, I just wasn't getting there. And Trojan, I still can't. sponsor us. Super deep condom. Put it in your borehole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the drilling first began on May twenty fourth, nineteen seventy, using the Ural Mash feet. <laughs> Your so Ural Mash Ural Mash 4E and later they used the Ural Mash 15,000 series drilling rig. Wow. That sounds expensive. I know, right? <laughs> Did I pay for this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know because it was by the Soviet. It's true. So, by the still 1979, it became... Be- I can't. I fucking can't. I need to go to bed. All right. It's the vodka. No, it's not anymore. By 1979, it became the deepest man-made hole in history. The nine inch, which is 23 centimeters... <laughs> Why did I do that? Nine-inch diameter boreholes were drilled by branching from a central hole. So, I don't... 
I don't really understand how that goes, but yeah, <laughs> it works. It's going in there and it's digging. Mm-hmm. By 1989, it reached its deepest deepest point at 40,230 feet or 7.619 miles or 12,262 meters. And that still remains the deepest man, human main hole. What is So I mean, we've made it. It's 25 it's 25 miles the crust is mm-hmm. it's 25 miles thick we didn't even make it eight miles yeah and then we're just coming to the conclusion that we know what's in there because our drill bits won't go any farther mm-hmm. so i did include some pictures here and this is just like the whole super deep borehole <laughs> um you can still access like you can go and visit this site huh. you can't like see the hole because they have it um welded shut but they had to stop. Is this the, it's the tiny thing there, right? Yeah. Like at the very. Yeah. 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 So if you look at it, it's like, it's way smaller than you would expect it mm-hmm. to be. Um, nine inches in diameter, like I said, but did massive it, building though around it. Did it say how long it took them? So. Yeah, they started drilling in 1970, and they stopped oh, drilling see. in 1989. Wow. So it took 19 years to get eight miles. That's nuts. Um, And the reason that they stopped the drilling was because around, you know, that eight miles, what was it, 7.9, 7.6 miles mm-hmm. of the crust, the drill bit just kept melting. Like, they would put a new one on mm-hmm. and melt. Yeah, new one on and melt. So, um, really, people just cannot imagine, like, what is beneath it. They just think that it's hot molten rocks and minerals. Um, but that's – we're not even through the crust. No. So, like, you don't know. That could just be, like, the protection barrier or whatnot of it. Um, they also did say that locals from the area in Russia, in Russia apparently say that when you go near – it it sounds like souls are screaming I from did, hell. I did read something about that. I'm like, that's fun. <laughs> I'm I'm here for that. I don't I'm I'm sure just like I'm wondering like when they went by it. Cause like if you're going while they're like actively drilling like mm-hmm. way down there, like I'm just like Ey! Yeah. <laughs> but Or it could just be they're just saying that. Oh absolutely. Um so, we talked about the Earth itself. We did. Let's talk about, in 2014, let's connect what you said in the 17th century for his theory mm-hmm. about all of the water being connected. Yes. Okay, so in 2014, a team of geothermal scientists did a seismic reading, and they found evidence that there is a reservoir of water three times. I Let me repeat that again. Yeah. Three times the volume of all of the oceans on Earth's surface. Underneath. And that's why now they're, they're maybe theorizing that the water actually came from inside the Earth the whole time. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. The discovery like supported an alternate theory that because before they thought that um the water arrived in comets mm-hmm. like as it sh- struck the planet right mm-hmm. um so really they think well not really but another theory is that the oceans just like gradually oozed out of the inner part of earth mm-hmm. um 
so yeah, they the water was found hidden inside a blue rock called Ringwoodite that lies 700 kilometers underneath the underground in the mantle. So 700 kilometers, I didn't actually. Probably like 400 some miles. Wow. Is that close? 430. It's about 435. Nice. That's what I had in my so head. So 435 miles. And we couldn't even make it eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was, like, really interesting. It just makes so me there's... question what we even know at all. Right. <laughs> but it just blows my mind that someone in the 1700s, like, thought that. Yeah. Because, like, this team still gets, like, ridiculed for this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not it's not supported as scientific evidence because the seismic readings can well this is like supported that it is there mm-hmm. but not that it oozed out and that it's connected right. to our oceans i That's guess i should say the that theory part. but when we get into the caves right. caves and water caves sometimes i don't mm-hmm. know um another thing you mentioned newton before yes. so i also just want to say that it is possible that the technology you know that we have used to study the core of the earth is just like not enough to provide the information needed to understand what is actually underneath us so like einstein i don't know if i might get this wrong but einstein went off of newton's law or newton's law went off of einstein i believe einstein went off of newton's law but they whatever whoever did what first they bounced around like their ideas and it helped form like the calculation of how we calculate the mass of earth mm-hmm. and other planets yeah it would be i'm sorry einstein going off newton's law yes. based on time <laughs> yes thank you yeah um so i feel like it could be possible that the math is all wrong Mm-hmm. And that Earth and other planets are like a lot less dense than what we think they are because what we're using to calculate mass is going off of two people in history. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I wonder if AI, like, eventually will be able to like tell us if all these equations and stuff are right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was, like, an interesting yeah, thought. Yeah, because we could be completely wrong about so many things. So many things. <laughs> but we've just, like, provided our own definitions and mm-hmm. equations that it makes sense because we've made it make sense. Yeah. And, like, I saw this, like, like visual representation of science throughout history. And it's just, like, people laying bricks down, one on top of another, on top of another. You just keep adding to this wall mm-hmm. that already had this foundation. Mm-hmm. And so are you building on correct or incorrect? Right. Data. I don't know, dude. <laughs> this this theory makes me think. Yeah, it is and I don't get lost. I don't know if I believe it. Yeah, I don't know. But it's fun. It's fun. And that's why I kind of like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Maybe it's not hot or maybe it's hollow. Right. Maybe there's some shit in there. Um, all right. So we've talked about the pools being like the entryways. Mm-hmm. We have talked about the water that was found underneath. Have you heard about caves being a possible? I have heard about the caves okay uh do you care if i get into the caves before we get into our like joint thing then okay so another theory within the inner earth or hollow earth theory is that it could just be an expansive case cave system Mm -hmm. so like all these caves interconnect to like one big opening right like chamber kind of which there's different chambers in the theory of the inner earth too so (laughs) i don't know it's so deep. It's so dense. 
<laughs> but not. All right. So this first cave that I'm going to talk about is actually in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's called Mammoth Cave. Um, and it's in Kentucky. So I've seen this one come up a lot. So many times. This is like one of the strong theories that this is an entranceway. Mm-hmm. So Mammoth Cave um, labels itself as more than a cave. Because it has rolling hills, deep river valleys, um, and it's also known as the world's longest cave system. Huh. It is um, Mammoth Cave is home to thousands of years of human history, diversity of plants and animal life. Um, so there's just like I guess um, a lot to it. And right in Kentucky, yeah, right in Kentucky. Still yeah. not surprised. Why aren't you surprised? Like the there, I guess with Kentucky, I wouldn't like guess Kentucky, but we do have like a lot of caves. Yeah, I feel like everywhere has a lot of caves though. Probably, probably. But we have like a lot in our area. Yeah, that's shout out like- Penn's Cave again. It's the only all water water cavern in <laughs> in the U.S. I'm gonna get them to sponsor Penn's this. Cave. Pay um, me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wonder if we're connected to anything. I know you want to go cave, kind of. What's it called? Splur dunking. Splur dunking. Splur clunking. Splunking. Something like that. I'm glad we're on the same page, though. You saw that too, like what it's called. Yeah, it's spur clunking. Scuba diving. Splunking. Splunking. Is it splunking? Splurging. Splur dunking. I think splunking. Okay, we're done. So. Mammoth Cave is a limestone labyrinth with more than 400 miles explored. Which is 400 miles. Anyways, that's more than what we've gotten into the crust mm-hmm. of the whole. But it has potential for yet another 600 miles in its Can system. Can we join that team to just like... Isn't that crazy? Things? So 400 miles is explored. Yet another 600 miles, which we're at a little over 1,000 miles. But to get to or what they theorize to get to the actual core of the earth is 4,000 miles. So you're still not getting anywhere no. close. Mm-mm. It takes <sighs> centuries. It's so crazy to, to me. Um, so over 200 caves within the park exist as disconnected fragments of the larger mammoth cave system. So it could even potentially be like a larger cave system, but it's mm-hmm. been like disconnected yeah. through life and time <laughs> so you can see here like the hills in well i don't really have the hills in this <laughs> you can see the cave the next cave this one like i want to go to vietnam now this is insane but song dong <sighs> i'm so sorry song doom song dong song dong i don't know because it has the g at then so song dong cave is in vietnam and San is means mountains mm-hmm. in Vietnamese, and Dong means valleys, which I think is like really interesting. If you don't know anything else about the cave, like you wouldn't think a cave is right. named after mountains and valleys. No, that doesn't really go together. Um, so Song Dong is considered to be the largest cave in the world. Mammoth Cave is the longest. Okay. Song Dong is the largest. The cave was founded by Ko Khan, a Fong Na jungle man, in 1990. I killed that. Mm -hmm. How old were you in 1990? Quiz. Dead. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) 
2009, Hong Song Dong was officially surveyed and measured by the British by a Vietnam cave expedition team led by Howard Limbert. After the findings, they announced that the cave was the largest central cave in the world with a volume of 38.5 million cubic meters. Wow. Um, that sounds large. So in this, they has its own ecosystem. It has its own, like, terrain and different chambers of it are all water, all mountains, trees. Inside a cave. Inside a cave. That would definitely support theories of what people believe that they stumbled upon. Right. And they could, yeah, maybe they went into a cave or something. Mm -hmm. But I think it also supports that, like, things can have their own ecosystems outside of the surface of earth mm-hmm. but what about like heat and light for this was it's what did it have for that um so i thought i'm sorry because i did think i had pictures but it might have been in my other notes that i like so it has like openings and stuff okay so light comes down in yeah oh i see that must That's be like the most looking. popular opening or something but yeah like this one it has its own beach what? Uh, this is what I... Th- oh, wait. It might just be down here. Okay. Yes. If you keep scrolling... Okay. There you can see. I was like, no, I... I didn't go that far. So, as you keep looking, and we'll talk about this... Um, I want to go here. It is... It measures 5.59 miles long, but it's, like, grand, like, tall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, that's why it's not the longest. Um, it's... Special because it has unique hidden underground world inside of the cave itself, has its own rainforest, ecosystem, weather, and also a mysterious underground river that no explorer has yet to discover an end of. Wow. You can see here, like, at the very end is the entry point, and then um, there is... the. It's labeled here. There's a dark side section of the passage. Mm-hmm. So, like, there must be certain parts. Oh, and here it says Garden of Eden. Oh, it says Edom. Oh, Edom. In the larger and older of the cave's two sinkholes, a forest of 100-foot trees covers an 850-foot-tall debris cone. Watch out for dinosaurs. The whimsically named sinkhole lets in light and rain. Oh, these are the names of the sinkholes? Watch out for dinosaurs? That's the name they gave it? (laughs) The Garden of Eden is interesting. Yeah, so it's really, like, kind of crazy. Like, the next picture down, those people are walking in a cave. That doesn't look like... It looks like it's outside. Yeah. That's nuts. Insane. So can we live there? I mean, I don't know how much, like, how many animals. I know there's, like, life, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's nuts. Um, and then we're going to bring up one more cave system. So in 1889, the Lee's cave system that goes 300 miles underground was rediscovered um, by an explorer named Dr. Jamie All. Uh, the cave is known as Actun Tunichil Muknal Cave, which they refer to as ATM, and I'm going to also refer to it as ATM because um, I slaughtered that. <laughs> Uh, the meaning is the cave of the crystal sepulchre. Did I say that right? I don't know. Sepulchre? The cave itself has a vast network of underground chambers while also having a diverse ecosystem of not just bats, but crabs, crayfish, and tropical fish. I'm here for the bats. (laughs) The Mayans actually 
were the original uh, people to discover this cave. Hmm. And they referred to this cave as, quote, Cave of the Stone Sepulchre. I don't know what that means, and I'm sorry. Sepulchre. Sepulchre. No. Are you looking up? I am. Um, and it, what they're finding is a secret site for Maya people. People. Ah, I can't talk. Mayan people since their origins. Did you find mm-hmm. So it's a small room or monument cut in rock or built of stone in which a dead person is laid or buried. Okay, well, we are about that to get into that. That was from Google. That's why. All right, so. Okay. Oh, to dead people? Is that what we're going to talk about next? Uh, kind of. So they can date the Mayans' discovery of the cave back to between 300 and 600 AD. But the environment of the cave was, like, it was really dark and dangerous. So it prevented them from adventuring into, like, the greater depths of the cave for a fairly long time. And then I think it was around, I must have cut that out, I'm sorry. It was around 900 AD where... I believe they started, it, it showed that like their artifacts and things like that mm-hmm. were being found. So they were going deeper. Through investigations and exploration in 89, they found evidence that the cave was a sacred spiritual site for the Mayans from handmade artifacts, tools, weapons, pottery, skeletal remains from sacrifices, and presence of kill holes. Kill holes? Yes. So kill holes were like chambers of sacrifices. Like in it's the opposite of a glory hole. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking murked them. <laughs> Little kids, too. Because, you know, they're so pure. But anyways... So it's really important to understand that, like, the Mayan spirituality, to understand why the cave was so sacred to them. Mm -hmm. In the Maya, like, in Maya religion, the gods of agriculture, rain, and fertility were believed to reside in the underworld. So opposite of, you know, like, the dark. Right. Like the death and yeah, stuff. This is, like their mythology or their mm-hmm. theories were ones who support but everything. still support an underworld. So this has led us to believe that ATM Cave was the Mayans' potential gateway to the underground world. That's what they thought. Hmm. So that's like my little bits on the caves and yeah. how it could support other ecosystems. Yeah, I'm glad you got into caves because I didn't really look into them a whole lot. Just because, again, there's so much. I like cut a lot out because I was like, I'm not doing a podcast on caves. I gotta yeah. chill. <laughs> um, but no, if you guys like look up any of these caves, they are. Oh, also the ATM cave. They have left all the artifacts there, like and preserved because it's mainly made up of lines limestone. So like some of them have kind of. Like over those years, mm-hmm. they're like a part of the cave. Yeah, in a sense. So they, you have to have a tour guide when you go through there. They have everything preserved for the education, history, and also respect, I believe. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's really cool. I like when I go through these now. Yeah, the rainforest like that just that is blowing my mind. Crawfish, crabs. You guys need to stay away from the, the government. Stay away from the rainforest that you just found. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. They're going to go for that next, the caves. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we'll have to get to that point where we just start going inside the earth because everything out here is all fucked up. We can't breathe the air anymore. Well, maybe that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. So... What do you want to talk about next? Do you want to get into Agartha or do you want to talk about talk the about, Admiral? Let's talk about Agartha and end on the Admiral. Sounds good. Because I think his findings are like... When we talk about... I just think it's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good cap. Yeah. 
It is. Right? Read from his diary. But we can do it all because I don't really care. No, let's go into Ugarta. Okay. That makes sense. I talked a lot, so you do your things first. Or we can just go back and forth. Let's go back and forth with it. So... What is Agartha? What is Agartha? Now, there's different, different like, variations of... I said different variations. That totally goes together. There are various ways to spell and pronounce it. I I mean, we hear Agartha for the most part, but it's also spelled Agartha, spelled Agartha, spelled so many different ways. Um, but anyway, that's what some or many believe is what is in the inner core, is this place somewhat like a paradise called Agartha. Mm-hmm. And you should have seen probably a picture we had included in some of our posts, perhaps, of kind of what it yeah. looks like. You can also look it up. And if you look it up, like, they'll have a map, too, of maybe we should talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or we can end on, like, talking out the picture. Yeah. But, yeah, when you look it up, you can see, like, the chambers within, mm-hmm. the areas, the entranceways, things like that. Yes. And so, like I said, Agartha is the legendary city that resides in Earth's core. It also even has its own capital city, which is called Shambhala. Yeah. Or Shangri-La, which means the place of peace, of tranquility. Yeah. Which sounds too. lovely. I know. It's also been called the Forbidden Land, mm-hmm. the Land of White Waters, mm-hmm. the Land of Radiant Spirits, the Land of Living Fire, the Land of Living Gods, the Land of Wonders, which they all sound so delightful, except for the Living Fire one. I that like sounds it. a little... I feel like that's where I belong. Yeah. I have a lot of fire in my sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Anyway, those are a lot of names that it goes by. The Hindus also call it Aryavartha. Aryavartha. Aryavartha, which is the land We should probably take some language classes as oh, we continue this we're podcast. Professionals. We don't need to like do that. We're you fine. do a lot better <laughs> pronouncing. Aryavartha, maybe, is what it's called by the Hindus, which means the land or realm of the Aryans or the land of the noble or worthy ones. Mm-hmm. So. We're getting into some weird territory here. Yeah. The Aryans. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring it up later. Right. Right. right before we talk about the Admiral. Okay. And then, so the Chinese also refer to it as, <laughs> I don't know how to say this one, if it's C-Tien. 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 It's H-S-I is the first word. The first one you said it, it feel like C. 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 We. <laughs> and then Tien. T-I-E-E-N. I was ATN, yeah. CTN, which is the Western paradise of Si Wang Mu, the royal mother of the West. I didn't get too into this because I think I was going to fall into another hole mm-hmm. if I got too far into it. Um, but then there's the Russian Old Believers, which is a 19th century Christian sect. The Russian Old Believers. That's their name. They call it the Belavodi or the Belavodai. And then there's the Kyrgyz people. Kyrgyz. 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 The Kyrgyz Kyrgyz people. (laughs) The Kyrgyz people, which is a a Turkish ethnic group native to Central Asia. They know it as, I don't know if it's Janadar or Hanadar. I don't know if they do J's there or not. (laughs) Do they do J's? I don't know. (laughs) I can smoke a J right now, though. (laughs) All right. And then, like you mentioned with entrances, not just being at the pools. Mm Mm-hmm. But other areas, you mentioned the Kentucky Mammoth Cave. Mm-hmm. There's also one in Brazil, mm-hmm. one in Ecuador, mm-hmm. one in on the border of Brazil in Argentina, one in Mount Apomio, Italy, 
in the Himalayan mountains in Tibet. Yeah, the Tibet. So sorry, because I found some other things, but that but the Tibetan Buddhists believe that there's a tunnel underneath the uh, Patala palace as like an entrance to the inner world Mm -hmm. the palace is guarded by lamas or spiritual leaders interesting i love the or yeah and it was led together they led the thing with llamas yeah so i think llamas are mainly the security (laughs) there's also did you read about the connection between like the king of the inner world and the dalai lama no but i did see that the supreme ruler of the inner world was located in Shambhala. Yeah. Which, but I didn't see the comparison with the Dalai Lama. Some believe that that's where, like, information is passed from the inner world through the Dalai Lama. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I also saw that beneath Mount Shasta in California. Yes, I saw that too. Bermuda Triangle. Did you see that? Um, No, I don't think I saw that one. I have the Great Pyramid of Giza. Oh, yep, that was my next one. Um, In India, I have one there. Mm Mm-hmm. And King Solomon's Mines, which I think is in Islam, um, or I mean Israel, not Islam. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're like asking me. I keep shaking my head. And the Diros Caves, which is in Greece. Okay. Which you've probably seen that one. I think that's on the map too. Yeah. Zero Caves. <laughs> And, like, with this, they theorize that, like, Agartha, there's seven realms of Earth. Mm -hmm. And this also ties in with how the Mayan calendar, they say there's, like, seven cataclysms. So this is where, like, seven comes up a lot, too. That will wipe out all of Earth's surface. The Mayans, like, predicted that they would have to go in to, like, somewhere to, like, escape this. So, one, I want to say that four cataclysms have happened. And we're apparently overdue. Good. So, like, that's just, like, really reassuring, you know? Mm-hmm. We need to find our cave. Yeah. Get going. We do. <laughs> um, but the, they all, they theorized that the Mayans escaped or survived destruction from fleeing to the inner earth. And then there's also been that just, like, humans surviving over time with all these cataclysms. Like, other ancient civilizations, they also retreated to the inner land. Mm-hmm. Um. And that Atlantis or Atlantis might have been yeah, I did the retreat. That. So, like, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like we need to stop focusing on trying to find other planets and try to figure out ours I don't a little know bit. That. Like, <laughs> I learned like all of this stuff. I'm like, what we know more about space uh-huh. than we do about the ocean, let alone the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and th- they say that Ag- Agartha has millions of inhabitants. And races, just like Earth. In a smaller area. Yeah. Well, no, it's a larger area. Well, it's inside. Yeah, but think of it. So, like, we just have the surface. Yeah. But they have all that depth. And you're just talking one world inside, though, not, like, multiple layers. There's seven realms within it. Yeah. But I don't understand how it works. Yeah, it's weird. It, like, are you floating around? How are you fitting that many people? Is it, like, a cave system where it's, like, mm-hmm. you know, layered up? I don't know. This is where I'm having troubles, like, picturing it. Where they just, like, floating around. Someone needs like, to do a circuit. movie yeah. on this so I can visualize. Also, I heard that the supreme ruler that is lo- located in um, Shambhala. Shambhala? <laughs> Shambhala? I Shamb- Shambhala. I think I heard it as Shambhala. Shambhala. Um, can have, like, 
can affect what happens on Earth's surface. So, like, stopping nuclear war mm-hmm. or changing, like, the development of humans, whether it be, like, slowing it down or speeding it up, mm-hmm. like, if we're being detrimental to our civilization yeah, or if we need to advance more. Didn't they speed up, like, at the Homo sapien yeah. time? Yeah. They gave us a little kick in the butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's, like, theorized as. But they also say, like, so there's the inhabitants and the races, but then there's, like, different species, too. So different colored skin people mm-hmm. or creatures, different heights. Um, there's some references for, like, more of the ultra-terrestrial that they're connected to, like, lizard people. That wasn't the lizard people. They did lizard people. Maybe. Maybe that is where. But I just feel like lizard it's always the reference to lizard people. Yeah. Um... And then, like, their modes of transportation are quick, fast, and silent mm-hmm. in saucer-like things. Like yeah, like what we might reference as a UFO. Mm-hmm. They are technologically advanced and highly intelligent. Well, I'm going to bring back a little bit about Olaf Janssen. Like I mentioned during the pioneer section. This was the fisherman? This was the, yeah, the Norwegian sailor. Okay. So an early source for the theory of underground civilizations is from a book called The Smoky God. Like, that's the God that I pray to. It's a joke. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This is a joke. Laugh, people. Laugh at me. Uh, Called The Smoky God is written in 1908 by Willis George Emerson. And he claims it is the biography of that Norwegian sailor, Olaf Janssen. So after he did his travels, he came, well, he went into a mental institution and got out. And then he... At least they didn't give him like a lobotomy. Maybe they did. And that's where the story came from. Who knows? Um, But he met up with this Emerson and told him his story. And he wrote it down, published it. And it's believed to be fiction. Mm -hmm. But... He swears, the author swears it is true. It is his biography. Olaf swears that what he experienced is true. Like, how many people have to say that? Like, I don't know. Why do you make something like that up? Right. I don't know. What do you have to gain if people are going to think you're crazy? Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, But his story explains how he sailed through an entrance at the North Pole. And he lived there for two years with the inhabitants of an underground network of colonies. How are you sailing at the pools? (laughs) It took months. Is that all ice? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know. He got there. Okay. I mean, I, I believe him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? I don't He's just as accredited as fucking Haley. Hallie. <laughs> Hallie Berry. <laughs> um, he claimed that the inhabitants were 12 feet tall. So we're back to the giants. Giants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you imagine? No. Mm-mm. That would be a giant to me. Yeah. I'm not even that tall, people, just so you know. She's not that tall. <laughs> She thinks that she towers over me. She's all talk. It's when I'm in my heels. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> and he claimed that the world was lit by a smoky central sun. Again, the light, the sun, mm-hmm. central. Yeah. Weird. I know. And uh, and this is a time where it's like not media. You're not looking this up on the internet. Right. How are you getting all these It's not like the newspaper from Sussex is going mm-hmm. to like Norway. You know what I mean? And I can't imagine you have that much, like, to read of descriptive fiction that you're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
It just has a very creative imagination. It could be. I guess. But I don't know. It's weird. He said that the capital city was said to be the original Garden of Eden. Hmm. And um, now so that's where we come from, because I have heard the theory yeah. that humans come from the inner. Mm-hmm. And so the author, though, he never came out and like said Agartha in the book at all uh-huh. and labeled it like that. But later, like other works that we had found that, you know, talk about Agartha pretty much identified it as the same place that Olaf found and lit and that they called the inhabitants there Agarthan. Hmm. So weird. Yeah. And so on that map that you mentioned that we have here, it like oh, yeah. it shows some of the different entrances that we talked about. So I see like the the Darrow Caves, Italy, Pyramid of Giza. And it has them all mapped like how it would be like on the round earth, like mm-hmm. of it. Um Mammoth Cave, like you said. Um, and it also shows like the sediments, granite, basalt plastic basalt like things like that and then with what's within it mm-hmm. too so you have the central sun right in the middle and you have the city of shambhala which is the capital city mm-hmm. and that's off to the left and they have their own oceans the clouds mm-hmm. again their own atmosphere um they say that like the spaceship base is more like at the bottom near the small entrance, which if that has gives access to the oceans, mm-hmm. that might be why we're seeing UFOs coming off the yeah. ocean. Makes the, sense to me. The city of Shambhala is like at the top, like left. Mm-hmm. And they have man-made tunnels, which I think man-made tunnels is coming from like the pyramid of Giza, right? And it makes you wonder too, like these ancient civilizations where we said there's different creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the one in like Egypt, Egyptian, um, like higher, not hieroglyphics, but like their paintings and their art and stuff. Uh, like the main god who like provided like apparently all of us with like the knowledge and um, oh, goodness. He had like the, is it raw? No, that's the, he had like the bird head. Oh, oh gosh. <sighs> I hate myself when I can't do this. <laughs> you mean pull things from memory? Yeah. Horus. Oh, the falcon-headed god. It's like what we see, I just like saw this theory. It was like we thought maybe they just walked around with like a mask or something mm-hmm. like with a bird head. But like what if that is that a different the- creature that was mm-hmm. coming from the inner earth to then say, and I know I sound crazy people, but, but this is like one of the theories that it came to like provide knowledge mm-hmm. and provide resources for you know building something so elaborate but also with the tunnels to the under i don't know the idea that those were masks just comes from us assuming they're masks because we've never seen someone who has a bird a falcon head yeah right but But could it be possible because we don't know what's in there Mm -hmm. so weird and you said about, like, the giants and stuff. And the giants, actually, like, they are dated back as one of, like, the most prominent creature mm-hmm. in Inner Earth. That they, their story goes back farther in time. And the farther you go back in time, the larger the creature is. Um, I thought we would get through this whole recording without her barking. I think she's okay. Um, we do apologize. One day we will have a private room. We will. <laughs> when you start paying us. <laughs> when we stop paying $4 to watch yeah. YouTube movies. Um, 
I have some stories then too, just like kind of like how you did with the fishermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of forgot to add them in. Oh. But is there anything else you want to say on Agarta? No, I think we can, if you want to go into your stories, then we can get into the Admiral's Diary. Yeah, I think that would be a good ending. Okay. The stories will be really quick. Okay, so we'll start with the Vikings. In 985 AD, Viking explorer Eric the Red discovered Greenland. So in 1410 AD, there was anywhere from 10,000 to 100,000 Viking colonists living in Greenland. Mm -hmm. However, that was the last reported date of any uh, Viking villages settling there or being known to even, like, live there. Uh, The villages suddenly were abandoned and all the Vikings vanished. And the native Inuit said the white men all went to the same place, quote, the land of endless summer, a place of eternal bliss beneath the earth. And that's all I have on the Vikings. <laughs> Which I think, again, we're seeing like right. the land of endless summer, mm-hmm. eternal happiness or paradise. bliss or paradise, mm-hmm. like over and over and over again. It's just so weird. Um, so then the 12th century. I told you that we're going to talk about Shrek's kids. Yeah. So how are you Shrek bringing up? that back in here? So villagers of Woolpit in Sussex, England, found two children wandering alone. The brother and sister had green skin. Oh, you know, I do remember hearing about these. But yeah, Yikes. They had green I mean, skin. That's an actual picture? Yeah. All right. Okay. So they said, the people said that they wore unusual clothes and they spoke in an unknown language, mm-hmm. which at the time, 12th century, like there's so Any many languages country. and like maybe they yeah, had like, an illness and stuff. Right. I will start by saying, like, this one is definitely a legend, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So the brother and sister refused to eat anything except raw, broad beans. Yep. So you have heard this? I, it was a while ago that I read this. As they adjusted to their new home, their skin started to lose the green color and they started eating more foods. Also, maybe eating raw, broad beans might discolor you i don't fucking know um the boy did get sick and he died but the sister survived and she started to speak fluent english which is when she was able to explain that the two came from a place called saint martin's land where everything was green Mm -hmm. there was no sun only light that looked like twilight so like something was getting like emitted through so there are some theories that they don't have a central sun Mm -hmm. and like our sunlight goes through the pools but i just don't i I like the central sun Mm -hmm. idea better The two were herding cattle and they followed the animals into the cave. They got lost and they followed the sound of bells. They ended up emerging on the surface world in Woolpit. And that's it. That's the story of the green green people. And so maybe they, like, the brother died because they were out of their own atmosphere. Yeah. They couldn't survive. Yeah, but she might have had more strength or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Or just adapted, evolved. Yeah, because, I mean, even now, like, some people haven't mm-hmm. like the immunity and the system too it's interesting Weird. yeah so in 1895 uh norwegian nobel prize winner and explorer dr fritschtoff fritschtoff nansen went to explore the north pole and ended up in an unknown territory where it was unbelievably hot and nothing like where he was a few minutes ago and hot meaning like not like the fiery hot like he was just in the north pole when it was freezing right. and there's ice and now he's in like a land of warmth and greenery mm-hmm. and things like that so that's that's a shock to your system it's also like what the where did i just end up 
Yeah. And we'll get into it when we get to the Admiral, but like, do you just fall into a pit, like a hole? Because like they're all these people are traveling and then right. they enter. So it's not like a hole. Mm-hmm. It's like another theory that I had is like whenever they go through the poles or through these other entrances, you're not actually going inside the earth. You're going into a portal, taking you somewhere else entirely, maybe to a different plane. Mm. That was another thought that I had. Whoa. My mind is blown. Yeah. Because like, oh, she's chill. I'm so sorry about my dog. <laughs> If I pause, like, she won't end for a minute. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is my last little story. Uh, Connections to Nazi Germany. All right, so the last story is connections to Nazi Germany. This is a very popular, like, theory. Yeah. And I didn't really hear about it until we started searching this. I have heard about Antarctica and Mm -hmm. Hitler and stuff. But anyways, the Nazis became obsessed with trying to find where the origins of the Aryan race came from. Mm -hmm. And a group of them, like, formed and became even more obsessed with the idea that it came from the inner earth. So they set out on a mission to find the inner earth and find the Aryan Mm -hmm. race, like the origin of the Aryan race. They did say that they found the inner earth and it was a magical paradise. They never wanted to leave and confirmed that the earth is hollow, Mm -hmm. which like, I don't, we take what they say with a grain of salt, but this theory, which I'm cutting super short just for time too. But the theory was that Hitler escaped to the inner earth from going to Antarctica and going through the pool, which I mean, there is very, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they have a skull, but they don't have a skull. So like maybe no one knows what happened to Hitler. Right. But on top of this, 1.2 million Nazis just vanished after the war. Just vanished. Like no one knows where they are. Yeah, actually. They went missing. I mean. Yeah. They like have no record. They don't know where these people went. 1.2 million. And the search actually is continuing. Like this, they said that they'll call off the search in 2023. Oh, wow. So, like, this year is when they're ending the search for the 1.2 million Nazis that went missing. So I guess they can't all just change their identity and go underground. I mean, go underground. Yeah. I mean, maybe they did. That's the theory. People are saying only possible explanation is that they went with Hitler and escaped to the inner earth. But what we were just talking about and, like, with the God and all that, like, they want what's good for, like, human civilization and growth and goodness and pureness and mm-hmm. i don't think that they would accept hitler and 1.2 million nazis yeah. when i read that i'm like if they're really about what they're about they're not going to accept these types of people into their right. paradise um but i just thought it was like interesting mm-hmm. because there are not seriously not really the conspiracy theories of like the inner earth but that they went to antarctica and they have like a whole setup there mm-hmm. um, it's crazy to think about all right we keep talking about the admiral we do let's freaking end it with it so let's uh people are like, so what the fuck are you talking richard about? bird he's a u.s naval admiral he kept a secret diary of an expedition to the North Pole in 1947. It contains descriptions of a land filled with lakes, lush greenery, and even woolly mammoths. Crazy. He wrote about this mysterious land beyond the North Pole, which he called the center of the great unknown. And we do have a little bit of his diary here, if you want to hear it. I'm going to read it. So, And I think it's important, too, that this diary was not released when, like, it was... 
secret for a while. Yes. It was even now, I don't even think that they like take it into actual evidence. Mm-mm. Like they are just like, yeah. it's crazy. He was, yeah. Okay. I shouldn't have told anyone about this. <laughs> I'm glad he kept the diary. Yeah, I know. I don't know how they let him keep it. I don't know how they didn't like search everything and I don't take know. it from him. But. I don't know. Anyway, so this is about his exploration over the North Pole. And I'm just going to go right into it here in his diary. All right. <clears throat> so I must write this diary in secrecy and obscurity. It concerns my Arctic flight of the 19th day of February in the year of 1947. There comes a time when the rationality of men must fade into insignificance and one must accept the inevitability of the truth. I'm not at liberty to disclose the following documentation at this writing. Perhaps it shall never see the light of public scrutiny, but I must do my duty and record here for all to read one day. In a world of greed and exploitation of certain of mankind can no longer suppress that which is the truth. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> it was very weird. All right. So here's his flight log. Base Camp Arctic, February 19, 1947. 0600 hours. All preparations are complete for our flight north. And we are airborne with fuel, full fuel tanks at 0610 hours. I feel so weird saying 0620 hours. Anyway, 0620 hours. Fuel mixture on starboard engine seems too rich. Adjustment made and Pratt Whitney's are running smooth. 0730 hours radio check with base camp all is well and radio reception is normal and just go like 740 yeah just go into that i feel like yeah and so pretty much with all this they're talking about Mm -hmm. regular stuff it's the the engine you know there was a slight leak yeah um everything else seems normal they're reaching a certain altitude Mm -hmm. they're adjusting it based on turbulence yes they did come across like so at like 9:10 there was vast ice and snow below they noted coloration of yellowish nature they altered course for a better examination of this color pattern and they noted reddish or purple color also which like imagine you're literally just seeing like blue and white yeah over ice and now you're seeing yellow and red and purple mm-hmm. so they circled this area two full turns and then went back like on course to where they were headed Mm -hmm. they i think they check in with the base and tell them this information too so he does this pretty i mean he logs these pretty frequently like every 15 half hour yeah but when he saw the colors and stuff this was almost like he had like a lot three different logs Mm -hmm. at that time yeah so he also mentioned that both magnetic and gyro compasses beginning to gyrate and wobble and they're unable to hold their heading by instrumentation so they couldn't really use those anymore to tell what direction they were going um so they um kind of used the sun compass and they were still on course and they were fine Mm -hmm. the controls seem to be slow to respond and they have sluggish quality but there's no indication of anything icing over which is what would be causing it right they're still like unsure of what's going on and then this is like five minutes later he's like in the distance it is what appears to be mountains 29 minutes has elapsed since flight time from the first sighting of the mountains and it's no illusion they're mountains and consisting of a small range that he's never seen before they're on altitude chain or they made an altitude change to 29 or 2950 feet and they encountered strong turbulence again 
around 10 o'clock, they were crossing over the small mountain range and they were still proceeding northward as best as they can be, as can be ascertained. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a small river or stream running through the center portion. And they see Green Valley below, which there shouldn't, there be, shouldn't be any Green, green valley. valley. So something's definitely wrong and abnormal here, he writes. We should be over ice and snow. To the port side are great forests growing on the mountain slopes. Our navigation instruments are still spinning. The gyroscope is oscillating back and forth. So at this point, they're kind of freaking out because they're seeing all these things. Wouldn't you? Yeah. And you, none of your instruments are really working. Yeah. It's just going. Mm-hmm. Five, I think this was, yeah, five minutes later, he, they alter altitude to 1,400 feet and execute a sharp left turn to better examine the valley that they're seeing below. Right. Or it is it's green with either moss or a type of tight knit grass. So there's water. Mm-hmm. The light here seems different. I cannot see my sun anymore. So to not to have and a different like, light source. And you know it's different. Mm-hmm. Like you the, there's clearly something different that you're saying not my I know sun. This isn't my sun. Yeah, right. They they make another left turn and they spot what seems to be a large animal of some kind below them. This is what blows my mind. It appears to be an elephant. No, it looks more like a mammoth. A mammoth. One, you're seeing a mammoth. You're supposed to be in snow. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be in ice. You're in mountains, green moss. And now there's a fucking mammoth. Yeah. And this is his words. This is incredible. Yet there it is. Decrease altitude to 1,000 feet and take binoculars to better examine the animal. It is confirmed. It is definitely a mammoth-like animal. Report this to base camp. So crazy. At 1030... Uh, so 25 minutes later, mm-hmm. they're encountering more rolling green hills and the external temperature indicator reads 74 degrees Fahrenheit. And they were just in the Arctic. Yeah. <laughs> or the Antarctic. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, continuing on their course, their navigation instruments kind of seem back to normal, which uh-huh. puzzles them. And they attempt to contact base camp, but the radio is not functioning. Scary. So scary. I, I, I couldn't imagine. So at 11.30, this is what he wrote. Countryside below is more level and normal, if I may use that word. Ahead we spot what seems to be a city. This is impossible. Aircraft seems light and oddly buoyant. The controls refuse to respond. My God. Off our port and starboard wings are a strange type of aircraft. They are closing rapidly alongside. They are disc-shaped and have a radiant quality to them. They are close enough now to see the markings on them. It is a type of swastika. I still... Like, I feel like he was just describing, like, something because of, like, the timing of this. Mm -hmm. It's the closest thing that comes to his mind for reference. Where are we? What has happened? (laughs) I tug at the controls again and they will not respond. We are caught in an invisible vice grip of some type. So crazy. 11.35, this is five minutes later. A radio crackles and a voice comes through in English with what perhaps is a slight Nordic or Germanic accent. The message is, welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. <laughs> seven again. Right. Relax, Admiral. You are in good hands. I note the engines of our plane have stopped running. The aircraft is under some strange control and is now turning itself. The controls are useless. 1140. Another radio message received. We begin the landing process now, and in moments, the plane shudders slightly and begins a descent 
as though caught in some great unseen elevator. The downward motion is negligible, and we touch down with only a slight jolt. 11.45. I am making a hasty last entry in the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot toward our aircraft. They are tall with blonde hair. In the distance is a large shimmering city pulsating with a rainbow hues of color. 11.45. I am making a hasty last entry in the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot toward our aircraft. They are tall with blonde hair. In the distance is a large, shimmering city pulsating with rainbow hues of color. I do not know what is going to happen now, but I see no signs of weapons on those approaching. I hear now a voice ordering me by name to open the cargo door. I comply. End log. And then he kind of gets into writing things from memory. So from this point, I write all the following events here from memory. How do you do that? I also, when I read this, I was like, there's no way Mm -hmm. in hell. I I literally can't remember shit. Mm Mm-mm. But I mean, maybe it's like total recall. Yeah. And I guess like maybe as you're going to like say the details, maybe when you're in something like this, like you are like, I can't long it right now. Like I need to take everything Mm -hmm. in. So focused and just absorbing everything around you. Maybe. Maybe. It defies the imagination and it would seem all but madness if it had not happened. The radio man and I are taken from the aircraft and we are received in a most cordial manner. We were then boarded on a small platform-like conveyance with no wheels. It moves us toward the glowing city with great swiftness. As we approach, the city seems to be made of a crystal material. Can you imagine? No. A city made of crystal. Soon we arrive at a large building that is a type I have never seen before. It appears to be right out of the design board of Frank Lloyd Wright, or perhaps more correctly, out of the Buck Rogers setting. I don't know Buck Rogers, so... I don't, you know, bad with names. Yeah. We are given some type of warm beverage, which tasted like nothing I have ever savored before. It is delicious. After about 10 minutes, two of our wondrous appearing hosts come to our quarters and announce that I am to to accompany them. I have no choice but to comply. I leave my radio man behind and we walk a short distance and enter into what seems to be an elevator. We descend downward for some moments. The machine stops and the door lifts silently upward. We then proceed down a long hallway that is lit by a rose-colored light that seems to be emanating from the very walls themselves. One of the beings motions for us to stop before a great door. Over the door is an inscription that I cannot read. The great door slides noiselessly open and I am beckoned to enter. One of the hosts speaks. Have no fear, Admiral. You are to have an audience with the master. Which just brings me back to Doctor Who again with the master. Anyway. You guys somebody will get you it. Have a problem. <laughs> I don't I don't even know if I've ever watched one thing of Doctor Who. I step inside and my eyes adjust to the beautiful coloration that seems to be filling the room completely. Then I begin to see my surroundings. What greeted my eyes is the most beautiful sight of my entire existence. It is, in fact, too beautiful and wondrous to describe. It is exquisite and delicate. I do not think there exists a human term that can describe it in any detail justice. I do. I want to know what you're saying. Yeah. Do a doodle. Like, come on. My thoughts are interrupted in a cordial manner by a warm, rich voice of melodious quality. I bid you welcome to our domain, Admiral. I see a man with delicate features and with the etching of years upon his face. He is seated at a long table. He motions me to sit down in one of the chairs. After I am seated, he places his fingertips together and smiles. He speaks softly again and conveys the following. We have let you enter here because you are of noble character and well-known on the surface world, Admiral. Okay. I feel like you're just talking yourself up in your diary here. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, well-known. I think that this is like... 
astonished. Like, I literally can't even believe this story. Mm-hmm. But, like, some parts I'm like, okay, bro. You kind of fluffed that You're well bit. known okay. to the inner world. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Of a noble character. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're so noble. Well, no, I can't no. do accents. On the surface world, Admiral. <laughs> surface world, I half gasp under my breath. Yes, the master replies with a smile. You were in the domain of the Ariani. You half gasp. I would look at them so dumbfounded and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I can't. <gasps> the surface world. Like, come on. <laughs> Being a little dramatic. <laughs> you are in the domain of the Ariani. The inner world of the earth. We shall not long delay your mission and you will be safely escorted back to the surface and for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I shall tell you why you have been summoned here. Our interest rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. It was at that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the Flugelrods, to your surface world to investigate what your race had done. That is, of course, past history now, my dear Admiral, but I must continue on. You see, we have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity, but now we must, for you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for man, namely, that of atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the powers of your world, and yet they do not heed. Now you have been chosen to be a witness here that our world does exist. You see, our culture and science is many thousands of years beyond your race, Admiral. Crazy. I interrupted, but what does this have to do with me, sir? Well, thank you for humbling yourself. (laughs) The master's eyes seemed to penetrate deeply into my mind, and after studying me for a few moments, he replied, Your race has now reached the point of no return, for there are those among you who would destroy your very world rather than relinquish their power as they know it. I nodded, and the master continued. In 1945 and afterward, we tried to contact your race, but our efforts were met with hostility. Our flugel rods were fired upon. Yes, even pursued with malice and animosity by your fighter plans. So now I say to you, my son, there is a great storm gathering in your world, a black fury that will not spend itself for many years. (laughs) There will be no answer in your arms. There will be no safety in your science. It may rage on until every flower of your culture is trampled and all human things are leveled in vast chaos. Your recent war was only a prelude of what is yet to come for your race. We were here. We here see it more clearly with each hour. Do you say I am mistaken? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. I guess I don't know. Just so much. Hearing you like say it all out loud again too. Like they... They contacted in 1945 and after, but it's only, what, 1949 mm-hmm. or something? They never contacted them before World War II? Well, they did. I don't know. I mean, they did. When was the atomic bombs? Mm. One. So they did that then. So at the big, like, wars. Okay, so they're, they're just saying out, for more recent, like, we're trying to contact mm-hmm. you. So now we're bringing you here because you're not fucking listening. (laughs) Right. No, I answer. It happened once before. The dark ages came and they lasted for more than 500 years. Yes, my son, replied the master. The dark ages that will come now for your race will cover the earth like a pall. But I believe that some of your race will live through the storm. Beyond that, I cannot say. We see at a great distance a new world stirring from the ruins of your race, seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will be here, my son, safe in our keeping. When that time arrives, we shall come forward again to help revive your culture and your race. 
Perhaps by then you will have learned the futility of war and its strife. And after that time, certain of your culture and science will be returned for your race to begin anew. You, my son, are to return to the surface world with this message. With these closing words, our meeting seemed at an end. I stood for a moment as in a dream, but yet I knew this was reality. And for some strange reason, I bowed slightly, either out of respect or humility. I do not know which. Suddenly, I was again aware that the two beautiful hosts who had brought me here were again at my side. This way, Admiral, motioned one. I turned once more before leaving and looked back toward the master. A gentle smile was etched on his delicate and ancient face. Farewell, my son, he spoke. Then he gestured with a lovely, slender hand, a motion of peace. And our meeting was truly ended. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, threw up a peace sign. Yeah, dude, I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was like... <laughs> Quickly, we walked back through the great door of the master's chamber and once again entered into the elevator. Entered into the elevator. <laughs> I, I messed up. I know. The I door know. slid silently downward and we were at once going upward. One of my hosts spoke again. We must now make haste, Admiral. As the master desires to delay you no longer on your scheduled timetable and you must return with this message to your race. I said nothing. All this was almost beyond belief. Almost beyond belief? Okay. And once again, my thoughts were interrupted as we stopped. I entered the room and was again with my radio man. He had an anxious expression on his face. As I approached, I said, it is all right, Howie. It is all right. <laughs> the two beings motioned us toward the awaiting conveyance. We aborted and soon arrived back at the aircraft. The engines were idling and we boarded immediately. The whole atmosphere seemed charged now with a certain air of urgency. After the cargo door was closed and the aircraft was immediately lifted by that unseen force until we reached an altitude of 2,700 feet. Two of the aircraft were alongside for some distance, guiding us on our return way. The Fluger doors. <laughs> Whatever they're called. I must state here the airspeed indicator registered no reading, yet we were moving along at a very rapid rate. Two 15 hours. <laughs> A radio message comes She's through. She's not a military time, girl. A radio message comes through. We are leaving you now, Admiral. Your controls are free. Off Wiedersen. Wiedersen. I don't know. I don't know German. Off Wiedersen. Close. Sure. That's probably the best thing I've ever off said. Off Wiedersen. For like referencing another. I'm speaking German. Off Wiedersen. Speaking German. I don't know. It's weird. Tradition. We watched for a moment as the flugelrods disappeared into the pale blue sky. The aircraft suddenly felt as though caught in a sharp downdraft for a moment. We quickly recovered her control. We do not speak for some time. Each man has his thoughts. You know, now I'm thinking of this. There's like a lot of ties to like, I'm saying the gaps and maybe his thingy, but like, why are they speaking like German? I know. Why are they tall and blonde? Arian, like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Why is there a master? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The others say king. <laughs> I mean, that was the main diary entries of what happened. They basically got back and reported everything. He went through several interviews and was sworn to secrecy, basically. Yeah. And another thing. What about Howie, though? I don't know. What about everybody else? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm confused. Like, no one else, like, wanted to be like, yeah, they did go off, like, the radio for this long. Mm -hmm. And Howie was like, yeah, he was taken. Or maybe Howie was threatened or killed or something. Yeah, but, I don't know. I don't know. It's all... It's very interesting. 
And this was like the most recent thing. So this I was, like oh, this was 47. I think we said like 49 at one point, but yeah. 1947. Come here. So. Come here. Yeah. I'm so sorry about my animals, guys. <laughs> Next time we will be at Sid's house and I will never do this at my house ever again. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it happens. You know, the cats are fine, but when you have like a high-pitched bark probably coming through. We'll see. We'll listen to I'll it. I'll do my best. We'll see what happens. I'll do my best to block it out. <laughs> oh my gosh. But... Thomas. Anyway, his diary is a story. Yeah. And I wish someone would make a movie. Yeah, Maybe you could is. make a whole movie know. out of it. I don't know. But yeah, pretty much they like denied that it was ever anything. Mm-hmm. I forget too well, why it was released. Like I think it was released after his death. No? I don't know. I know there's like, so they say a part two to his diary, but that has not been actually confirmed. Yeah. On if it's legit or not, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, this was something different than any of the other things we've done mm-hmm. so far. This was, it was tough. We bit off more than we could chew for this one. This hurt my head. Yeah. But like in a good way. Like it's growing. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions that are not answered. So yeah. many that are, um, I don't know. Some things I'm like, yeah, like that checks out, mm-hmm. you know, the caves, the seismic, so the seismology, mm-hmm. you know, testing the, the curiosity with ancient civilizations, having very similar stories and mythology. I don't know, dude. I'm going to be a believer just because I can. Yeah, I think we're on the same boat. Because why not? It's a lot more interesting than like, like just... Regardless if I believe it, it's not going to change doesn't anything. Do anything. <laughs> so let us know you guys' thoughts. Yeah, do you think the earth is hollow? Do you think we're ridiculous? Did you like this episode or do you hate it? <laughs> um, Don't answer that question. Because we are definitely doing more conspiracy theories. Yeah, this is not going to be the only one. This was just like... This was a lot. This was more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah, there's a but, lot out there. Yeah, and of course we'll link our sources in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I have a decent amount this time for once. Mine are just mostly YouTube videos. I love that. <laughs> I think other people would love that too. So if you want to see the YouTube videos, go to our links. Yes. Um but thank you so much for listening and supporting us this yeah. far. We will have another episode out to you guys next Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll be something, you know, holiday, holiday related. related. We'll see. I won't get too much into religion in that one, even though it's Easter, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Social media. Follow us at um, Unprofessional Sexy Questions or UAQ Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can email us at UAQPod at gmail.com. Yes, please let us know your your thoughts on the theory. Your thoughts on theory, how you're liking this show, any Mm -hmm. questions that we didn't get to with the theory, because maybe we can, like, get the answers and tell you the next time. Um, Our website is available at uaqpod.com, and you can go there to choose where you want to listen to, whether it be Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Pandora, Pandora, Samsung Podcasts. We are working on getting Apple Podcasts out. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just been a little bit of a learning curve for us on that. Yeah. This whole thing is a a process. But we'll get there. We're learning. It's fine. (laughs) 
Well, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Keep listening and keep wandering. <laughs> Hello. Bye, you turds. <laughs> <laughs>